You're listening to the Simp Investing Podcast, where we discuss everything finance or business related. So Simp stands for Simplified, Integrity, Meaning and Prudence. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram at Simp Investing. So just a disclaimer before we officially begin, we'd like to put out that the information and content discussed does not constitute the financial advice and serve only for educational and entertainment purposes. Hi, everybody. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Salim Shahimi. Yeah. Am I correct? Okay. <laughs> He's the CEO of markcopy.ai. It's basically a SaaS tool that basically helps you write uh, copy, helps you write content very fast so that you can increase your productivity, stuff like that. Okay, so uh, thanks, Salim, for coming on to the podcast. Um, the first question would be like, so how do you go from going, doing a business development, stuff like that, uh, you know, running your own marketing agency in the e-com space and then moving on to SaaS and building copy. Yeah, thanks Sorry, you guys for uh, having me. And uh, it's, a, it's a great question because I uh, used to start uh, running a marketing agency. And uh, so I know the dynamic uh, of uh, a marketing agency and now I know the dynamic of a SaaS uh, company. And I wasn't very successful doing my own agency. So I guess it's, uh, you know, you need to find your own thing where you're good at. So for me, it was software. Um, but, uh, I saw, you know, the, how to build a, a marketing agency. I saw how to do the, the prospection, how to contact clients. So I really liked the, the marketing agency side. What, uh, what I really liked is that it's, uh, it's really nice to uh, start in business. So it's, uh, it's really nice, you know, to, uh, like, uh, because you don't need a lot of capital to start a marketing agency. You just need to be good at sales basically. And. That was my first business, so I loved uh, doing it, but that I, I wasn't really good at it because you need to, to uh, you know, you need to find clients, you need to sell, and I was much better at software right now. So you were in school, right? Yeah, Until, yeah I think, exactly. So I did five years of uh, engineering, and during my okay. studies, I uh, ran the the marketing agency. Like I was doing it alongside studies, so. You know, during class, I was like uh, find, trying to find clients because you just need your email address basically to find mm -hmm. clients. Like you don't, uh, I, I mean, nowadays you don't even need to get on the phone. So I was just, yeah, like during class, uh, you know, chatting with clients, uh, managing Facebook ads as well. And uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I did run the, the agency for almost two years, but I, I was really struggling to find clients. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was my biggest struggle. But I was doing sales, so I knew how to uh, how to you know, you know how to find clients, how to close clients. But I really struggled with that part, and then I switched it to uh, to software. Okay, so in like during I think yeah. your school is called FRA, right? Like, I was what, what like mostly uh, you know learning how to code, uh, learning software. I, I've met a lot of, uh, of friends here uh, also. So I've met, uh, I actually met my co-founder in my engineering school, actually. And, but you, you learn a lot of things about uh, engineering. You, okay. you learn how to build, uh, you don't learn how to build a product, but you learn how to code. And ultimately that's the, the foundation that you need mm. to, uh, to build a, uh, a software. But now I'm, I'm not in the, um, not so much anymore in the technical side of the product. I'm more in the marketing, the sales, the operations. That's what I'm managing right now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I also ran my mm. own uh, SMMA, whatever you want to call it, uh, during the 2018 period, right? So I think yeah. we got hit by the same ads, by the same gurus. Uh, so like during that time, right? Like I know that there was like Facebook ads were great, Absolutely. everything works, right? You can just need to sell the service and deliver, etc. So like 
during that time while you were in school, right? Is there uh, a like specific period where you're like, okay, I don't like the agency or I'm not good at agency. And then I pivoted. Well, like, what it's, was uh, yeah, it's a good question. And Facebook ads was actually uh, booming at the time. So, you know, everybody was recommending to do Facebook ads. And I think like for, for my problem, I wasn't really focused on building a great agency. I was more focused on how much I make a month. And I think that's why I really struggled because I wasn't able to, uh, you know, actually take the time to focus on my service, to focus on uh, like building something great. Um, and then in software, you don't even have the choice because if you want to make some money, you need at least a year building the software, um, like uh, coding. So you, you won't make money until a long time, but mm. in the service delivery, you can just make money right away. And uh, I think for, for me, it was, um, it was not good because I didn't focus on like making a great service. I was more focused on like, you know, uh, how much money can I uh, price my client? And even if the if the service wasn't that well, I was able to price you know uh, one thousand to two thousand a month, which is you know very very low for an agency. But the service wasn't well, so okay. I, I had a lot of uh, clients just churning after after this. Yeah. Okay. So like, were you serving only like French clients? Or yeah, you, like, I, I really wanted to um, to focus on like uh, on the UK, on the US. Now my English is not perfect, you know, as you can tell. So it's like uh, I had to focus on French at some point uh, because, you know, I, I think if you're from the UK, if you're born there, it's much easier to go get clients from the UK. Uh, for me, it was much easier to get clients from France. And uh, and also, you know, I can just uh, go go to the clients, uh, come see see them uh, on site. So it was uh, it was easy. But uh, it's interesting because it was, um, you know, in like back to uh, 2019, uh, you know, the Zoom call weren't as as much uh, as uh, usual now. Uh, and, um, you know, back in, in the time, especially in France, people didn't want to, uh, to do Zoom meeting. They didn't even know like uh, what it was. You know, they 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 said to me, like, uh, just come on site and let's uh, discuss details. But it's interesting that uh, the agency space was uh, a lot like um, much into, uh, you know, uh, Zoom calls and uh, all of this because the agency is very, it's also a nomad, right? So you have a lot of agency owners that just go uh, travel the world, work re remotely. So it's interesting that uh, the, um, you know, we were ahead of the, the trend right now of uh, remote work, of uh, all of this. So I found it very interesting to see how the, um, also how uh, remote work and uh, the agency space evolved. It's uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Hmm, understood. So I mean, because on your LinkedIn, it says that you moved yeah. from agency to software in 2020, but in 2020, like the ad costs yeah. were like the lowest of all time as well. So like, why, why is it like only during 2020? So, decided um, I switched this? doing a software called Mark ads. And basically I was just doing ads for my clients, but within a software. So I tried to automate the, the, the creation of Facebook ads from, uh, you know, from start to finish. So basically you could go on the software, you could connect your Shopify store, and then you could, uh, like, uh, create your ads, but very easily without having to know how, uh, the business manager of Facebook worked. And, uh, so in, in some ways I still continued to, to do my agency, but it was just like, uh, something of a, it was a software, but at the same time, I, I still had the strong, 
uh, agency model in mind. So sometimes I was hopping on a call and uh, just uh, like uh, doing some recommendations for, for the clients. So it's, uh, and it's bad when you want to uh, do a software, you need to go like fully software. And when you want to do an agency, you, you need to go full agency. But I've seen a lot of uh, agencies of uh, bigger agencies that tries to do a software and then they are struggling between the two. They have the agency side, they have the software side. So for me, I, I really wanted that, um, you know, after Mark ads, which was ba basically a platform that uh, allows you to do ads. Uh, I wanted to, to go full into software and then we pivoted to more copy, which is, uh, you know, when we built the Mark ads platform, we also automated the copywriting of the ads. So we were really creating the ads, the, the Facebook ads for our clients. And, uh, and people told us, okay, this part, the part where you automate the copywriting, this is what is actually interesting. And, uh, we struggle even with the software, we really struggle to get, uh, ROAS for our clients. So we just said, you know what, uh, let's pivot to, uh, to more copy and, uh, and that that's how, so I was agency, then okay. agency software and now fully into software. Okay, so Mark Ads was like uh, exactly you heard it of was Magic's a Magic's uh, competitor. Review bot. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah, these yeah. guys I know Magic's is from Israel. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, they, they are, just... and they know they know Mark <laughs> Anyways, Copy. We chat yeah. together, so uh, yeah, I mean they yeah. they are doing awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean I know the French e-com scene. I know the gurus is like I yeah. think the biggest one is like yeah, it is. is it Yomi Denzel. I guess, I guess, okay. yeah, I okay, guess so he is one of the biggest yet. in France. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you, you guys know okay. him. So Love he's, uh, okay, I so... think he's pretty popular on YouTube or something. Okay. Uh, yeah, he doesn't run ads aggressively. He's more yeah. like, I think the YouTube recommendation engine. There's another, like, I, like another French guy, but he did like, uh, mm. he was close to Iman for a while in the Sam Urban's group. And then he's like, um, he's very ripped now. I forgot his name, but he used oh, to- really? be hated by the French community because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, the comments, you know, you know, like, the French community scared, is blah, really blah, blah, blah. Um, watching uh, English uh, videos. Like they are just watching, like, it's very rare to have French. I mean, they, they watched Yomi Denzel because it spoke to, to them, but they are already watching yeah. all the, the, you know, the UK YouTubers, uh, US YouTubers, because in French, we think mm -hmm. in France, we think that, uh, the English game is ahead of uh, what we have in France, you know, the, the new tricks. And we also want to like to import yep. the, the tricks that we, yeah, to, to France. Absolutely. To France. Uh, and that's what uh, Yomi Denzel did, I guess. Like uh, he just, uh, you know, he, he, he's finding things from the US and just uh, importing them in France and it's uh, working so well for him. Mm. It's great. Yeah. Understood. Okay. So, um, so you pivoted the mark ads yeah. to co uh, markcopy.ai, right? Um, how, how did you do that? And is it like the same customer? Yeah, so so the pivot, like? it, it actually happened one year ago and, uh, pivoting for, for a company. I mean, for me, at least from, from a personal experience, it's like the hardest experience, uh, ever, because when you pivot, you, you're never sure of anything. You're never sure if you are making the right decision. You're never sure, uh, how long it will take. So I think the best pivot or pivot that's, uh, had that happens fast, that you, you take a strong decision to, to pivot, because if you take like four months to pivot, you, 
you just lose so many times. And we could keep uh, mark ads for a long time uh, because we are just, you know, we are struggling with revenue. Like the, the revenue w weren't uh, moving, uh, wasn't moving. And so at, at what, which time do you think, uh, do you tell yourself, okay, I need to give up on this or I need to pivot and do something else. And for us, that's, uh, that was, I, I mean, especially for me, it was a tricky decision to, uh, like, uh, just forget completely about, mm -hmm. uh, Mark ads and focus on, uh, another product. And again, it's uh, another product. So my agency kind of failed. It was, uh, very, you know, flat, then Mark ads was flat. And then you're like, okay, now I need to build another software. Uh, I will maybe take like four, six months to, uh, to make some money. It, it's not going, going to be decent money. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, the best decision that we took, but it's a, it's a hard decision, I think to, to pivot. And also like, um, when uh, you have an agency, you can also pivot from a niche, for example. And I think that's also very hard because you're discovering, uh, new personas, uh, new problems to solve. Maybe it's not going to be Facebook ads. Maybe it's going to be another service that they, they have even pivoting from a service to another, I think it's pretty painful because you have like, uh, so many new processes. So the, the pivot was, uh, was hard, but, uh, but yeah, the, the rewards after is it's always a good decision to pivot. I think like when, when you think it's or you, you should pivot, hmm. you probably should. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the lesson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So basically the, the signal to you was revenue is stalling everywhere. So this is clearly the wrong idea and the um, wrong pain point. Is that correct? Well, yeah, it, it's a, it's a good question. Like for us, it's just the market telling you your, I mean, we don't need what, uh, what you're doing that, like when your revenue is, uh, is not yep. moving, uh, well, like sometimes you can have some problems. You can uh, maybe have a problem with acquisition. So maybe you need to find more clients. Maybe you need other ways to find them, uh, probably on LinkedIn, probably via emails, you, you know, you need to try some things. But when you meet a lot of people, when a lot of people trace your product and they still don't want your product, they still don't want to buy it. Like it's a clear sign that the market doesn't want what, yeah. uh, what you have to offer. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, and Understood. also, Understood. Uh, sometimes okay. I think it's hard for entrepreneurs to listen to the market. Like, you, you know, I have, um, I know some people it's, they, they have clear signs that things they are doing aren't working but they still keep, uh, working on it. You know, they still, yeah, keep pushing because I keep think pushing. it's like, yeah. uh, we also have those, uh, things, you know, those voices in our, in our heads telling us uh, not to give up. So it's very hard to know when to give up and when to keep pushing. Yep. Uh, but sometimes you, you need to know, like, uh, hmm. like pivoting is not giving up. It's just trying from another angle. Hmm. Got it. Got it. Uh, you homozy? listen to homozy? I. I, I don't uh, Alex know that guy. Yeah. Okay, never mind. He's an internet marketer. Okay, basically, it's like he says, it's the yeah. correct entrepreneur, but wrong boat. So you can be rowing very hard in the boat, right? But then like the boat doesn't move because you're in the wrong boat. Okay. Like yeah, there's yeah. a better boat there, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how does uh, the mark ads, right? Because the customers came from your agency, right? So when you shut that down, do the customers just leave as well? So and for, for markets, the they product? didn't came from the agency. We built uh, a Shopify app for, uh, that, that was connected to our website. Mm. And so they came directly through the Shopify yep. ecosystem. So we had a lot of, uh, actually building a Shopify app is, uh, is a great idea when you have a great, uh, product because you already have the, all the visitors directly. 
and you don't have to you don't have to master you don't have to be great at uh, marketing at uh, mastering the acquisition you just you know can build your your product putting it into a shopify uh, the, the shopify store and the sh and shopify ads are pretty effective also like you can run ads uh, you will have uh, people trying your product and then it's all about the conversion rate like how many people are going to try your product um, how many of them can you convert to to buy um, to buy your software but the the tricky part with a shopify a shopify app it's that uh, people pay 29 per month for shopify so why should they pay you know 15 bucks for for for, yeah. for your tool like it needs to be uh, like to really give value and when you build a software that's uh, the hardest part like building something that people want yeah okay so Markcopy.ai is completely new, yeah. like brand new site, brand new domain, exactly. etc. Like uh, when, when we pivoted okay. to uh, to Markcopy, okay. we just bought a new domain. Uh, we started for the app from scratch, and uh, and then we started to uh, you yeah. know to to start the beta with uh, with a few users, and uh, and we had our first customers. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's like it's like literally one year ago. Yeah. Okay, that's fantastic. You yeah. keep saying we, right? So your co-founders, right? Uh, did you do it with your, like, I don't know whether your co-founders at an agency, like how do you even recruit your schoolmates to, <laughs> hey guys, trust me, bro. This, 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 yeah. this is a good idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky yeah. part. I think that's, uh, that's the most, uh, that the hardest, uh, hardest and most important question to solve is that I knew that I wouldn't be able to build the software uh, by myself, like uh, alone. And also, um, like building a software, I think it's very different from uh, building an agency because an agency, you can do it alone. You can be solo, but the software, you really, mm. you really need to side. You really need the sales and marketing and uh, the product side. Uh, so I knew, I knew I, I needed a co-founder and also I've been, you know, doing my agency, all my stuff for uh, the past uh, three years. So I wanted to share the, uh, the journey with someone. So I, al I always say we, because it's, yeah. uh, it's really a teamwork. Like uh, I couldn't have uh, made it uh, alone. Uh, I really needed my co-founder for the, the tech part. And so now how do you find your uh, co-founder? This was the hardest part, but I, I was lucky. I was in the, in my engineering school, uh, because obviously you have a lot of uh, engineers, but uh, the, um, what's hard is that you have a lot of people uh, that can code that are good in tech, but not a lot of entrepreneurs. So you have like the, the people in, a, in yeah. an engineering school that wants to be entrepreneur, it's like you have five of them in, uh, in a promotion of, uh, you know, thousands of uh, people. And literally we were like two trying to start our, um, you know, our business. Uh, and, and that school were really promoting entrepreneurship, but nobody wanted to start a company because what they want is just, you know, uh, finding a job, they like, uh, the school promised them, uh, a salary that's, uh, and a very good, a very high salary when you are doing uh, code. Uh, so why would you, you know, take two years of your life, uh, doing zero, zero money when you can, yeah. um, when you can just have a job and make and make a really decent salary. So, uh, and also that that's why it's even harder to recruit some, somebody as a, as a co-founder because they know that they can make much more uh, elsewhere. And so I had, when I pitched uh, Mark, yep. Mark Ads, 
uh, I didn't pitch more copy. It was uh, more ads. I, I had a lot of people telling me like, uh, okay, I can, uh, I can work with you. This sounds interesting, but I need uh, 4,000 per month. I need to be paid right now 4,000 per month. So it's people that don't even understand how startup works. Like uh, you, you get equity, you don't get uh, a yep. salary. Like basically you are going to to be paid nothing. And if the app doesn't make enough money so that we can get paid a salary, you're never going to, to get paid anything. So it's, it's the biggest red flag, you know, it's like a, a deal yep. breaker, obviously. And, uh, I knew I wanted to make a startup with my actual co-founder. We were always talk talking, uh, always talking about it. And, uh, he was also like, you know, super interested in startups. Yeah. I, I knew he wanted to start a company. And so when, when that, that, uh, other people told me, you know, I need 4,000, I need this, I need that. I said, okay, you know what? I, I'm just going yeah. to ask, uh, uh, Kilian, it's, uh, his name. And, uh, it, yeah. it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy because he wasn't in France and I thought, you know, we need to be in the same location, uh, to build a startup. So, uh, that, that's why he, he wasn't the first person I had in mind and now we are full remote, you know, so, uh, we switched to, uh, like, uh, the, uh, our mindset. And, uh, and when I, when I pitched him, when I told him, you know, I have a, a good project, uh, trust me, bro. Uh, he started to work on the project, like, uh, on the spot, you know, the, <laughs> the evening he was starting to work yeah. on it and I was like, okay, like we are making some progress. So, so yeah. And uh, he didn't ask for, for money. You know, he didn't tell me I need 4,000 per month or I don't know what. So he knew how. Uh, in some ways, I think how equity works, like you, you get half of the business and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Kilian sounds <laughs> an awesome guy. Number one, <laughs> number two is the, like, how, how does the, because you said if he's not in France, right? So is he your classmate? Like, how did you um, so get to know we him? were like the, the first year of the engineering, we were just sitting here next to each other. And yeah. so we did all of our. Yeah, exactly. In France. So he in was Paris. in France. And we were all like doing all okay. our engineering projects together. So all, all the, um, you know, all the projects, like, uh, we had to do video games. We have, to, we had to do drones. We had to do a lot of, uh, projects like this. And I always did them with, uh, Kilian and it was always working. Like, uh, you, you know, when we worked together, we always like, uh, listen to each other. We always, uh, gave feedback. So it was really easy to work together. And so we knew like some days when we start a company is like, we are going to do it together. Okay. So then so, why, why is uh, he not in France? In our third year, we like, we needed to do, um, to study, study abroad. Like the school gives you like four locations. Okay. I went to Canada. Yep. I, actually, I went to Canada because it's a, a hub for AI. And uh, at the time I felt like uh, it was so, you know, so cool to, uh, be able to discover Canada, but him, he's more, um, he, he went to Malaysia and, uh, he loves uh, he loves Asia. And, uh, so we, we went completely different side. Uh, and, uh, and right now that's why, like, uh, after the third year, we didn't contact each other because he was, uh, far away. I was, uh, I was, uh, either in France or in another country. And so when I wanted to start this project, he was in Portugal and he was already working for, for another startup. So actually the, um, he's a hard 
working person because he was like uh, basically building the project on the side of his uh, uh, startup, like the startup he was working with for as a software developer. So he was doing the both things and COVID really helped with that. Like we were just, uh, you know, each other at home. So uh, he could work, uh, you know, on the, on the two projects. Yeah, absolutely. And we are basically we're working like 24 <laughs> seven on these projects during COVID. So COVID actually helped us. And, uh, but, uh, you know, for the agency, like I was, uh, I was doing, uh, you know, I was seeing clients in Paris and I was doing a lot of, uh, like, um, a lot of uh, small business. So I was going to see them. I was going to, that, that's how I got sales. And when COVID hits, I was just like, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to focus on software. Okay, got it. Um, because like, yeah. technically you guys are from the same school, right? And I would think that if two people in an engineering class start a startup and stuff, like your professors or even the school would, like, would be like, hey, these guys, we should try to push yeah. them in some way or like you should try to help them. Did uh, your school actually, give any support? Well, the, the support they, they gave is letting us know that they can, um, you know, that uh, you, you, we can start our own companies together. And uh, uh, meaning that uh, you can like uh, do your studies uh, while, uh, being, uh, while building your company. So, uh, you know, we needed to find like, um, a six month internship basically. Uh, so we needed to find a company, you know, to work for, and the school told us, you know what you can do. You can just, uh, build your own company and, uh, just start your business and that will be your internship. So that was really helpful for me because I had two years to build my agency thanks to this, uh, program. But after, and after when we started, they gave us, uh, uh, an office also. So within the school, we had, uh, we had an office and, uh, what we loved was the coffee machine. You know, we were super proud of it. Like we have videos where we do the first coffee and, uh, we were like so happy about it. Um, yeah, after, after, you know, it's not, it's not really an, an like, um, Entrepreneur in uh, engineering school, it's more marketing. It's like, hey, look, all of our people, look who did, uh, who came to the school and did uh, uh, and built uh, his companies. So you have a lot of people that comes to the school because they yeah. have entrepreneurship program and because uh, being an entrepreneur is uh, yeah. very trendy. But otherwise, they, they don't really, I mean, they support it to an extent that uh, is going to benefit the school, but otherwise they don't really care about your projects. Yep. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, uh, now let's talk about the product itself. Yeah. Let's talk about the actual uh, SaaS company, right? So, uh, I know in 2020, for example, if you started Mark copy It's actually not very competitive, but I know the sharks in the yeah. space where it's like conversion AI Jarvis, right? The copy AI, those people, they raise crazy amounts of money and stuff. So obviously best product generally wins sometimes, <laughs> uh, but for you, like, how do you think about positioning and like who should buy? Yeah, so it's, uh, uh, it's AI? interesting because, um, uh, a lot of people ask the questions like, uh, in, you know, in five to 10 years, will there be one winner, uh, wi winning the space because, because best product wins. Right. And I think that within the SMBs, uh, there will be plenty of winners and we actually can see it now. You have so many AI tools that you can use. Um, you, you, you know, there are like obviously there there is a copy ai that is uh, the that came first and is the most popular one but they really focus on smbs they are going to focus on students they are going to uh, 
focus on uh, all of those people because they want their product to be viral. Uh, for us, it's uh, it's different. We uh, we are following a different strategy because we don't want like we we at first when you start we when we started the software we really want to want it to be as viral even if it's not in the US maybe it could be like uh, in France like we really want it to be the most viral. But after we realized that um, you know so consumerized B two B so you have a, you, you are doing B two B but you have a strong consumer mm-hmm. approach. It's like a total mess. It's like uh, it's the hardest thing you can do in the world. B two C businesses are, I, in my opinion, are the worst. Like it's uh, it's super hard to scale a B two C business if you don't have a, a dis- like a distribution channel. For example, if you look at uh, Mr. Beast, all of those guys, they can start B two C businesses, and it's yeah. huge because they just have so many influence. But if you look at um, yeah, if you look at uh, you know, random B2C businesses, they need to rely uh, heavily on Facebook ads, on Google ads. So, so they are, it's all about their customer acquisition costs. And it's, uh, it's just yeah. a mess scaling a B2C business. You have a high churn. It's very complicated. So for us, we, we said, okay, you know what? We're going to be less viral, but we're going to focus on, uh, on higher clients and the agency you know, the agency model uh, teach you how to do this because you're going, first you're going for uh, 2K per month, then four, then six. Hi. So you know how to do enterprise deals basically because you, when you, uh, it's, it's, it's the exact same, same thing. When you know how to uh, sell a 10K product, you can really do a software and sell uh, the same amount to enterprise. So, and we, we are also more uh, focused on French, uh, obviously on, on the French language. So we are going to do, um, you know, we are going to find the best models so that we can offer the best uh, quality generation in uh, French. But for US tools, they don't really care about uh, the other markets. What they care about is uh, the US, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, for example, for, if uh, you do a French generation, a French text generation, it's going to be much more effective on Mark Copy because we know how French works and we work with the copy with French copywriters. But on other on other tools, it's just going to be a translation of the US uh, of the English content, basically. Yep. So uh, this question: So how do you actually like? Uh, the, so you mentioned like the overarching macro view of how you acquired these high higher value customers in your opinion, but of course, I don't come from the marketing side. I don't really know like the uh, the marketing agency model and how to pick up these kind of but How do you actually uh, funnel them, these customers, uh, target potential customers into your list of customers that you decide to reach out to? Is there a process or how does it work? Uh, you you mean to find the the customers or yeah the higher value customers as like yeah that batch of customers that you want to uh, target. Yeah, so it's uh, I think it's the hardest question for um, like to solve because uh, uh, especially when your product is new, when nobody knows about you, when you don't have testimonials, this is the hardest thing. And I think for any business, it's like how do you find those customers, and um, and what works for another business won't work uh, for your business. So you need to find you, you need to test a lot of things. You need to see like. Uh, what uh, some things are going to work, some things are, aren't going to work. But I think the, the first thing is to not listen to um, 
to other businesses. You you can you know get some advices from people that done it, but ultimately those those advices are just nice to get uh, to bear in mind, but uh, it's not going to be so useful. So you are going to be out there testing things, and it's always it's always the basics, right? So it's like sending emails. It's like um, you know there are a lot of movies that I, I see right now. Uh, or that uh, tr are trending on TikTok where boxers, after eight years, they are still learning how to jab. And in business, I think it's the same thing. Like you still need to send an email because if you don't sell that, uh, that email, you're not going to get uh, a meeting. So it's always about the basics. And so I think a lot of people are trying to just, you know, find video tutorials on how to, how to prospect, how to do this, how to do that. And they think it's actual work. But the, the, the real work is just sending the email or picking up the phone and just doing the basics over and over uh, with, with some strategy, you know, like uh, it's, it, the, the question that's more interesting is like, who are you going to target? Uh, as you said, um, why, why is that customer the right customer to go after? And just if you master that, uh, I think it's a, it's a huge, uh, it's already a huge win. It's, it's the hardest question. Because uh, especially in software, you need to build a software that's for a specific niche to, to start with. So, um, so yeah, you need to master this. And I, also, I would recommend to talk to those people before building the software, because otherwise yeah. you won't even know what to build. So if you talk to these people beforehand, right? So could I assume that uh, Mark Copy's products actually been through a few iterations and uh, mini pivots along the way? As oh yeah, get feedback. like so many. <laughs> so, <laughs> some we, of what happened. <laughs> so many is like, it, it's insane. <laughs> so we, we started with, uh, the freelancers. For, first of all, we thought that, uh, freelancers would be actually, uh, copywriters, copywriters. We started with them and, uh, they told us like, um, you know, I don't need, I don't need an AI that you, that will replace my job. And we, we got this like over and over and mm. over again. So for us, copywriters was really hard. And then, um, also uh, a mistake that's, uh, that's really like a beginner is that I was talking to content writers, uh, with the problems of copywriters. So I was telling them, yeah, but you can uh, do your Facebook ads. You can, uh, uh, do your copy, but what they were interesting, uh, about was just like writing a blog post. They weren't interested in about uh, the copywriter's problem. So I, I, I don't know why, but I like mixed the, the two audiences, like uh, copywriters and content writers. And at one point, like uh, a friend of mine, we were discussing and I told him, you know, content writers, they don't have this problem. And they, and he told me like, he was like, of course they are not, you know, they are not copywriters. They are content writers. The, <laughs> the difference is huge. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. And so after I had a call with an entrepreneur, uh, that's that, that runs a startup and he told me that, uh, and you know, when he saw the product, he really thought that, uh, it was amazing. And I was like, okay, so we talked with copywriters that, uh, were saying us that we are going to re re replace them. And, uh, uh, our tool is awful from an entrepreneur, a startup that uh, loved the product because it makes them save time. So we understood yeah. that we don't, we don't really need to go after, uh, professionals after copywriters. We can just go after the beginner, the one that doesn't know anything about copywriting and that doesn't have the money to hire a copywriting agency or, 
um, you know, a, a freelancer or, or something. Yeah. Uh, Content writer. So yeah. we, so, yeah, it, it, oh. and it took like, uh, honestly, it took three months. And uh, we, ha we had some people buy, uh, buying the product, but I really, like, when they bought the product, I was like, why did you buy it? <laughs> and all the <laughs> entrepreneurs were buying it. It was very easy for them. It was like, oh, you know, this specific uh, feature is saving me so much time. So, yeah. so you, but yeah, it's a three months process to find the, the right persona. So, uh, the issue here was the wrong target audience you guys were going after. Yeah. We, we did like all, all the mistakes you can imagine. We, we did them <laughs> like first <laughs> we built the, the wrong product. Then we went after the, the wrong personas. Then, uh, we were building the wrong features for the, the wrong personas. And then we built one feature for the right persona. And this is where uh, it, st it started to, yeah, to, uh, um, you know, to take off. I see. Okay. So, uh, because you are building an app, right? You can for sure implement like a future features to help value add your customers along the way. Do you see, yeah. um, the company like building more features or um, that's it. You just got to go to focus on one niche and just keep expanding on it. Are you guys going to expand your yeah. product? Uh, yeah, I would re really recommend like, uh, you know, mastering one feature, uh, one niche yeah. and just going after them. And, uh, after it's, it's pretty similar to, to the agency, honestly, if you can master one service, one niche, and then expanding later, because, uh, even with markets, we, we saw that, uh, that feature weren't working. So we thought, okay, we are going to do an all in one tool. <laughs> and we were serious about it. You know, we, we are like, we're going to offer video production. We're going to offer copywriting. We're going to offer this and this and this. And, uh, and for us in our branding, in the markets branding, we really thought we were an all in one product. And that's where you go completely wrong because, uh, the, what you need is to master like one niche, uh, one feature and that's it. And, and you will expand la later. You will find more niches. You will find more more features, but if you can just take off with that, uh, yep. simple thing, uh, this is how you build the right foundations. Uh, but in your, in your opinion, right? When do you feel it's the right time to expand? So I think uh, with this one feature, although you can gather a very large, uh, customer base, uh, yeah. the growth is there, but, uh, of course, expanding your uh, product base and Arsenal, you would get larger markets. So. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we can, you know, like upsell to your current customers as well. So when yeah. do you think it's the right time to expand your niche? So, yeah, it's interesting because when it's the right, right time, you know, it, uh, immediately because you have so many signs that tells you it, it is the right time to do it. You have, uh, the different trends, uh, the people talking about it everywhere on LinkedIn, on TikTok, you, you just see it everywhere. And then your customers, your actual customers are telling you again and again that they need this feature. Uh, that, uh, you don't offer it, but, uh, you know, all of these other cool products are actually offering it. So, you know, it's the right time to, uh, to expand uh, new features and also a new niche, right? So some for, for us, for example, we have a lot of different niches that, uh, tried Mark copy and, uh, and they all, all always told us like, uh, in the chat support, uh, this feature is not working. Uh, this is not what we want. So we also uh, listened a lot to the feedbacks to, uh, to build the product. Okay. C can I ask you for, um, cause I, 
uh, when I run a lot of ads, right? Similar to you as well. So if you can get yeah. five customers, you can get 50, mm-hmm. right? You definitely know that cost there's scale there. So, but the, the hardest part is like the customer one, the customer five. Can you kind of tell me who are the first five customers? And uh, how did so you the get fir- they, they were all uh, entrepreneurs, like uh, building their startups. And I just called them. So I yep. sent them a message on LinkedIn. I was uh, telling them like, uh, you know, we just launched a, a product. It's uh, right now in beta. It can help you to, uh, to generate text. Do you want to jump on a call? And uh, so I was basically doing sales calls, but uh, I wanted that uh, transparency with them that uh, it's a product in beta. Uh, yep. There are a lot of bugs um, uh, again. And uh, like, uh, you know, just uh, having this uh, honest conversation with them, like we are, we are beginning, we are at the yep. start. We don't have any uh, testimonials. The, the, the tools might uh, have a lot of bugs. And, uh, and yeah, and so sometimes we got notifications like, uh, oh, a new customer, a new payment, uh, or they were telling us directly that uh, they want to buy it because it, it, it really can help to solve a specific problem. But it's because we, we master that uh, just one feature. Yeah, just that one, one feature. Bounces. And then you get the five uh, okay. first one. Um, then I think when you, when you start to, like, you know, to really get it, it's... Uh, around maybe 20, 30, because at that point we weren't doing uh, sales calls anymore like this. It, it was just like uh, words of mouth, uh, organic. So um, because to, uh, to have those customers, you need free trials. You, you need people trying your product. So 30 customers, it's maybe 300 people testing your, your products. And uh, when you get, uh, when you get, yeah, when you get how, those people, you, it means that yeah. you, uh, you did something right in marketing. So. For us, we really focused on personal branding. So we were just posting a lot on Twitter and a lot on LinkedIn. And we just focused heavily on social medias to get our first uh, customers. Like the first 200 customers, it was fully with uh, LinkedIn and uh, yep. Twitter. And right now we are trying to focus on, on uh, more like uh, more steady uh, acquisitions. Yeah, exactly. Like SEO, scalable acquisition, uh, words of mouth. Of course, we have a yep. uh, we have our sales team that uh, is going after the big guys, but yep. uh, for everything like um, self serve, you know, like uh, you are going to take uh, yeah automated checkout. Automated it's, checkout. It's mostly SEO, community, words of mouth, and uh, yep. and it's it's very interesting. Like this word, and I don't know if you if you have the um, if you saw the the Figma news uh, this week. But it's really about like like Figma is yep. all about communities, and I think that the community is one of their uh, oh. most important assets. And for us, we wanted like to really try to understand how to build a community, how to have people that uh, really like the the brand and really like what you do. So we are trying to figure out how to build a strong community also. Yeah. Okay. I know because I saw your similar web, like you guys do around, I think, 100 to 125K yeah. uh, uniques per month, for example. So like, I know to get access to that point, especially in uh, the market that you're in, it's actually very, very competitive. So would you say like majority is actually uh, your manual work outreach on the front end for LinkedIn, then content stuff. Then once there's a you know general customer base, everything else is just yeah. word of mouth. Because to rank on SEO is really... It's gonna take a long time. Yeah, right? it's so not. I don't think and and the right now, what uh, what you see on the website, it's not uh, it's not SEO because SEO. But we are really uh, building the SEO part. Okay. But uh, what you see is just uh, social media, words of mouth, and sometimes we get backlinks we don't even know from where. 
like you you see on SM Rush that our backlinks are doing like this, and we're like, but yep. who are those guys just writing about Mark and uh, you know and putting our website? But it's it's just the and you may think that uh, posting on LinkedIn like one post is nothing, but it creates such a snowball effect mm -hmm. uh, over time. It's uh, it's crazy, and you have people just yep. talking about it. Like uh, sometimes when we get sales calls. We always ask them, like, how did you find uh, about us? How did you find about Mark? And they tell us, oh, you know, my cousin uh, talked about her friend and her friend told me that uh, it would be nice to. Uh... And, so, and you're like, OK, wow. <laughs> yeah, it starts, uh, it starts yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to work. <laughs> OK, got it. Um, I also see that you are yeah. like number one product. On product hunt. We are super, yeah, and we are super happy is, about right. this. Honestly, we <laughs> like, didn't sleep before this. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you do that? And is there a, like a legit marketing yeah. campaign that you are really trying to push to get traffic to get I, Actually, one? you know, like, product really hunt the, was a, a big, uh, a big point in our organic traffic because when we started product hunt, we really wanted to be more visible outside of friends. And, uh, and from that moment, yep. I think we did like 50 trials per day. And with product hunt from, you know, one day to another, uh, suddenly you are at like 200 trials a day. So it's, uh, it's really a good thing to do, yep. uh, especially when your product is stable, when it's solid and, um, and the, the pro product yep. hunt campaign was, uh, was crazy because we were, so we have, uh, at the time we had like, uh, we are six. So right now we are seven. Um, and we have everybody on the team just, uh, you know, preparing for that product hunt and everybody on the team just like yep. contacted, uh, you, you know, the, the grandmother, the mother, the everybody like, uh, vote on product yeah, hunt, yeah, yeah. uh, here is our product <laughs> hunt. Uh, and then yeah, we posted yeah. also, we posted content online, like, uh, here is our product hunt launch, uh, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, we did it, like everywhere. And, uh, and it lasts 24 hours. So, you know, during 24 hours, yep. I remember like I, I went, uh, for, for sleep and I woke up like, uh, at 4am because I thought that somebody took the, the first place and I was like, no, somebody took the first place and I checked it and we were still first, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, because you, you, you on, on, okay. the, on your website, you want, I mean, it's stupid, but you want the, the first one, you know, the second yeah, or the yeah. third, it doesn't sound uh, as cool yep. as uh, the first one. And the, uh, actually the, the good talks is how, uh, the, the debate that we had with my team is, um, before to start the, the product hunt launch, do you say to yourself, we need, we need to be first, there is no other way, or we need to, we need to do our best. And it's, for me, it's two different things, right? Because we need to be first, uh, we are going to be first and we will do our best. The second one will do our best. When you see that you're third, you're not going to do everything to, uh, to get to, uh, to that first place. And so I just told them, you know, we need to be first, uh, second place is not acceptable. So it, it puts much more pressure. You have a lot more deception if you are uh, third. So the, the win is, uh, is even better. And the defeat is, uh, you, you, you feel the defeat even stronger, but this is what, uh, what I like. I love the, uh, the, the two extremes, I would rather go, go all in on, uh, saying like, uh, let's be first rather than, uh, saying like, okay, we are going to give it our best. Maybe we'll be third, maybe, or maybe we'll not even get to, uh, the top three, you know, maybe it's going to be six, but at least we are going to get some traffic. 
So I think uh, also it was an interesting lesson for all the team because um, they saw that uh, we could do it because, um, you know, when, when you have a team, it's also about uh, like making them confident that they are, that what they are doing is great work because a lot of people actually, when, when you work with people yeah. like this, it's great when they never think that they are doing great work. Yeah. That they are good enough. Good enough. So, yeah. and when you have a, a companies like this, you know, you really need to tell everybody that uh, they are the best and that uh, we can actually be number one and that no other team is uh, yeah. is better than uh, than ours. And it, and sometimes it's really just about this. Like okay. uh, mm-hmm. the first one is just the one that is going to to say, okay, we are going to be number first, uh, num- number one, and that, that's it. There is no other other chance. Yeah. Understood. So then can I ask yeah. you about the technology behind Mark Copy? So is it because uh, obviously it's an AI tool where they type something out and then, you know, they create content faster for you. So is it working uh, with uh, AI yeah. and I think NLP, right? Like natural language processing where they need to get the intent of what someone is typing and then they commit to something. So is it like you type something and then it goes to your database, for example, and then it turns out something. I don't know, the algorithm and then it comes back. And like, does it no, get better over so, time because it's AI? Uh, and, and actually the, the field, the AI field is, uh, the machine learning industry is starting to be very interesting right now. And it was back in the, back in the years as well. But now you, you get those, um, uh, the, the thing, the, the biggest trend right now in machine learning is the transformers. So it's models that can generate text that, uh, that can do basically, you know, it's like a T shape, so they can do a lot of things. And GPT-3, when you ask it the questions of uh, mathematics, it can actually answer. So it can do a lot of things uh, with uh, the text generation. And uh, this is uh, the biggest trend. And, uh, you know, back in the days, you have OpenAI that started uh, GPT-3. Uh, sorry, like uh, the, the first version of um, of uh, GPT, which is, uh, you know, the T of GPT is transformer. So it's the, this concept of uh, machine learning. Yep. And then you got uh, GPT-2 that was uh, super interesting and much more, m- much bigger. And I think that GPT-3 was like 10 times the size of uh, GPT-3. I'm not exact- exactly sure if it was 10 times, but it was much bigger. And it happened in uh, 2020 and it was like a revolution in machine learning. It's like you had, you had a, uh, a model that was uh, a lot bigger than the mm-hmm. other models that could generate texts. So it was, uh, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's really a breakthrough in, uh, in machine learning. Like, uh, and so we, uh, for a long time, when we started the product, we, we used, uh, you know, GPT-3. That's, uh, the model that allows us to generate text. And right now, uh, it's interesting because you have a lot more models that are open source. So open source is winning right now. You have a lot of, uh, of model because GPT-3 is, uh, for, uh, OpenAI is doing it, you know, and OpenAI has been bought by Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, so you, you know, two years ago, you didn't have open source models that were as qualitative as uh, GPT-3. That's why everybody were using GPT-3. But right now people are uh, looking for open source solutions. And that's what we're doing as well. Like we are, of course, we're using GPT-3, mm-hmm. but we're trying to ask ourselves, uh, what will be the most interesting technology to use for our clients? And, you know, they don't want to, yep. like, we are trying to talk to the companies that don't want to, um, 
don't want to figure out like which uh, which models will be, will be the best or that don't want to to learn about uh, GPT-3 or how to use it. They just want to use Mark. We simplify the work for them. So we have we really have a role in uh, democratizing yep. AI for companies. I think the, the, yeah, this is one of our uh, uh, this is a strong mission for us. I see that like uh, I guess the most prominent French entrepreneur in the tech space startup is uh, I think Guillaume. I don't know ah, how yes. to pronounce his name from Lemlis. So is 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 the playbook for you guys quite similar to them? Where it's like you're pushing a lot of traffic from yeah. social, from LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, we are really inspired by, by their and then, their team and what yeah. uh, what they are doing. Absolutely, and the fact that they do it, they did bootstrap is uh, is spectacular. It's it's yeah. like one of a kind, you know, because uh, yeah. And I think also bootstrap company uh, companies looks a lot at Lemlist, but Lemlist is the anomaly in uh, bootstraps. Yep. Uh, not ev not everybody can build a Lemlist Maybe. without uh, fundraising. I think so. Th this is uh, I love Lemlist. I think it's the biggest uh, thing, but we need to. I think it's important to set the expectations for uh, companies that uh, want to go bootstrap and uh, see Lemlist as uh, okay. It's possible because Lemlist is really one of a kind. Like you, you know, it's uh, it, it's very hard to yeah. The, their tool, correct, correct. The, the, the tool. The reason why they grow mm -hmm. is because the tool that they're selling. Literally yeah, helps them. Yeah, that's true. Because they are, yeah. So that one you can't really replicate unless you're selling a sales yeah. and marketing outbound. Software. Yeah, that's true. I think so, if you are in a, in another industry, it's uh, it might be pretty hard actually. Yeah. Uh, I have a question yep. about the community that you're trying to build. Because uh, what kind of community do you want it to be, and you and envision it to be, and like um. You know, sometimes when a lot of people come into one community, then there's there starts to be back actors, and then you know, like things start to spiral down. How do you um, how do you guys plan to like contain this kind of stuff and make sure that the community is what you want it to be? Ah, uh, it's a it's a very good question. Um, so I honestly we are figuring out like uh, we are trying to figure out which kind of community we want to build. We have a Discord server. I know it's not uh, enough for a community. But uh, at least we're start, starting so, somewhere, you know? Yep. So we are just, I, I mean, I guess what you are trying to do is just building the Discord, uh, having a lot of people on it, um, you know, doing the, managing it also because the Discord server, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. And, and then see where, like, uh, where it goes, like, uh, we'll see. But um, what, what we want for the community is we want people to really uh, love the product and see the product as a way to make their lives better. Like if we have entrepreneurs or freelancers that can use Mark to generate blog articles and sell it to uh, companies, for example, and can change your li their lives uh, doing it, I think it's very uh, inspirational. And also we are, we are uh, one of, uh, like we are also, you know, uh, making the, I don't know how to say it in English, but... Uh, you're a um, full remote uh, company so yep. and a startup. So um, it's something that you don't see uh, a lot uh, everywhere, like uh, because we want to scale, we want to scale big and we are doing it. We, we are doing it remotely from the start. So I think that if we succeed, it will be a big example for a lot of companies that it's possible to build uh, a yep. big companies, uh, a big company remotely because a lot of people don't believe it actually. They think that you need to, you, you can go remote when uh, yeah. you're you're doing your Series C, for example, 
And we are, we are trying to prove that uh, you can be remote and you can scale a remote culture, which is the biggest problem, uh, yeah. remotely from, from, from the start. And um, yeah, and remote is fun, honestly. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, actually, uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Do, do you guys work, does... uh, sorry, work remotely? Sorry. Just comment. Okay. We re <laughs> work remote for the past two years. <laughs> uh, okay. I actually like going to the office now. <laughs> yeah no yeah. but yeah yeah zapier you know zapier right they do they do 40 mil it's, ARR it's crazy. remote yeah. so it's possible and i i was oh, i was very yeah. inspired by That's zapier possible. because uh they um they they didn't have a sales team for a long time but uh, yeah it's yeah. it's yeah. insane <laughs> but uh it's i think it's also one yeah or slack you know it's uh, i love those products that are super viral like zapier slack uh, yep. I think it's uh, awesome to build a, a viral product, but the B2C aspect to it is uh, sometimes it, it can be very difficult to um, to solve, I think. Actually, speaking of remote, right? I, because I initially at the start, I, th I think you mentioned that uh, we would prefer like, you know, startups and your co-founders, you know, come in and work together in the physical space. What sparked yeah. the uh, change in mindset? that makes you feel like uh, embracing the remote work culture. Yeah. So, so we were uh, in September, 2020, uh, 2021, I, I guess, or 2020. Yeah. Se um, yeah. September, 2020, we were uh, in, um, in the office, like building the, the products and we were coming there every day, like uh, from Monday to Saturday, we were coming and we had like uh, 40 minutes of, uh, of subway each. So 40 minutes to go for 40 minutes to come. So a lot of time in the subway and we were coming at the office around 9, 30, uh, 10. And also on, on Saturday, we were, uh, taking subway. And at some point, I think two months into it, we are doing it every day and we thought, okay, we start to, to be a bit, uh, like tired, you know, of, uh, coming every day, every single day through the office. It's, it's great. Like, uh, we are having a lot of fun and it was starting to be winter also. So you basically, you go from, uh, from your home, it's night, you come back uh, to your home, it's night and you take the subway every single day. So you don't have any life <laughs> and it's, uh, it's very yeah. depressing. So you're like, okay, you know what? Let's start doing like, uh, a Monday, Wednesday and Friday at the office and, uh, one day, you, you know, two days in, uh, at home. And we, we discovered that the, the days where we were at home is where we were doing our best work because we didn't speak with each other. So we were doing uh, our best work. We were really productive, really focusing. And so yeah. after uh, Kilian went to, uh, to Taiwan, so, you know, we just had to do it uh, remotely. We didn't have uh, any other choices. And, uh, and after the, the biggest question for us was like, how do you scale a remote culture? Because, uh, you don't see your colleagues, uh, you, um, uh, you still need to text, you still need to make some calls, but yeah, how do you scale a remote culture? Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, one of the hardest questions, uh, to solve. Like, uh, we, we found, found, found it, uh, the hard way. <laughs> okay. Uh, just a question about, because I used to intern as a pricing strategist at uh, some firm. I'm very curious about the how you uh, you and your team approach pricing and why is it priced this way? Is it based on like the value you feel the customers yeah. can get out of your product or is it just based on you know like what competitors are doing out there? 
Um, you, you're talking about enterprise pricing or just pricing overall? Uh, pricing overall, yeah. Pricing, yeah. Uh, yeah, first, I think first everybody starts with just uh, seeing what competitors are doing. Let's just do something similar. And then as uh, your product evolves, you're uh, building uh, different features, you have different, uh, you know, maybe they used uh, credits, maybe you used another system. And then, you know, naturally your pricing is evolving. And then you, you compare like uh, what, what's your biggest uh, pricing? Uh, I mean, what's your most popular plan? And why is it working so much? And then you adjust your pricing. So it's a lot of A-B a -B testing. Um, initially, our plan started at uh, like 25 per month. And then, but nobody was taking that plan. So everybody was taking the, the plan at, that started at uh, 50 per month because there was specific features on this plan. And so we we're like, okay, you know what? Let's just take off the 25 per month plan and let, let's just start at uh, 49. So it's a lot. It's a lot of testing, and maybe we can even okay. right now try uh, try something different. You know, maybe we can try. Uh, I think something that that's interesting me right now is will the conversion rate will be higher if the pricing is you know like uh, forty eight instead of forty nine or or forty five. You know, like you you make just four. <laughs> it's just four euros, yeah, but yeah. if you if you make so much more conversions just with the small iterations like this, but I I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I know that, that like enterprise pricing for, I know the founder oh, yeah, of the, the Shopify app, for example, they do usage, yeah. they do usage based pricing. So obviously the, the more you scale and I'm pretty sure if like, for example, if you are open AI, yeah. like you yeah, are, are. are you yeah. paying for them? Yeah. So like, I know, uh, Jarvis, they all, they had a issue last time where uh, yes. people were using too much of the product. <laughs> they were right. They were using too much of the API. Then they're like, oh shit, we can't, we can't uh, afford this stuff. So. Um, how do you approach enterprise pricing yeah. and how so, do you charge and, these uh, Also, the user, user thing is very interesting because that's uh, a new trend in, uh, in SaaS. Mm. It's really the trend of, uh, you know, usage-based, uh, you just, it's product-led growth. So you have people that will have a small usage, you have people that will have a, a big usage and you just price on usage. It's very easy to, uh, to figure out, yeah, to scale, like, uh, scale. you know, you want, uh, you want X amount of, uh, of text, okay, just take that plan. It's super easy. And Magix also did this. It's like the more ad spend you have, the the yep. bigger plans uh, you'll have. But enterprise, it's oh uh, yeah, really a scam. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, you're already spending all yeah, that. Then I still have to pay the. I don't know. I I'm not. Uh, I'm not too much. Uh, I mean, I for for me, it's fair. Like in uh, in a business for the business model, I think it's very great. Like you need to find some somewhere. So they find they find yep. it uh, like this. But I think a lot of agencies are also, you know, taking a cut on um, a percentage of the ad spend. So, and they are coming from uh, an agency background. So I think that they, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, ent enterprise, they always want sales calls. Like uh, you're going to have a hard time uh, selling an enterprise, mm -hmm. you know, like a 20, 30K ARR, ARR contracts a year, uh, just uh, self-serve. But um but yeah, I think usage is very is very interesting. You can price on usage, you can price on uh, user seats also. There are a lot of uh, interesting things yep. to to try. But I think that uh, the new era of SaaS right now is really product-led growth. Uh, so people just uh, doing a free trial, uh, how much usage do I need? Okay, I need this one, I take the plan, I don't speak to anybody. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. It's like nobody wants to, uh, yeah, to talk to anybody. They just talk want to, to take anybody. the plan like this. But still, if you want to get to enterprise, uh, enterprise yeah. deals, you, you still need to, uh, to have a, a sales team. Yeah. So, for example, for you guys, how do you do you build anything custom for your thirty? Yeah, that, that, that's AR what they guys. want. They want, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, they like, want nah. full custom. Yeah, yeah. They want a custom okay. solutions. So they, okay. this is what uh, okay. what is uh, interesting for them. Uh, but uh, the product led uh, growth. Okay. So you know the people that uh, don't uh, don't go on uh, sales uh, sales calls, they don't need that that much uh, custom. Yep. They just need you know they need. Um, yeah, enterprise. You need, uh, you know, single sign-in. You need, uh, you you have a lot of enterprise features that uh, okay. they are different buyers. Basically, they want, uh, you know, they are not. Sometimes they don't yep. pay by credit card. They want, uh, they want a wire. Yeah, bank transfer exactly. Bank transfer. So yeah, they are they are different buyer. But uh, the the two okay. is uh, super interesting. And actually, the product led growth. So the people that comes to your product just uh, testing your product and buying it, it can be very beneficial to your enterprise deals. Yeah. And this is a lot of things that uh, a lot of our competitors are doing. It's like uh, the bottom-up uh, approach. So you have, you know, and Slack did it as well. So you have uh, everybody using the, the product. It's super viral. And instead of selling to the director, yeah. you sell to the people that are actually going to use it. And there, like the sales is uh, natural. Yeah. Like, you know, the one person at the yeah, top uh, has as much power as uh, all the people that are going to use the software. Like if those people are pushing uh, to to buy the like yeah. uh, for the director to buy the software, he's going to buy it for for sure. So we are trying to explore the the two ways of uh, of selling. Okay, since you said you have your custom stuff, that means yeah. Killian is probably very busy. Oh yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, because okay. there are a lot of there are uh, okay. a lot of uh, new features Second. for them, yeah. and uh, yeah, and we're all always trying to you know. I think that urgency right now. I'm I'm trying to uh, reflect on this, but I think that urgency is super important. And when when we are hiring, yeah. we are trying to uh, to be super urgent, like uh, trying to answer uh, directly, trying to find uh, a new prof like uh, a new person, like uh, as soon as possible. Uh, during sales, urgency is super important. Like if you answer the email, uh, you know, are you going to answer the email today or are you going to answer the email uh, a day after? And it's, yeah, yeah, the, the follow-up follow exactly. Up. Or just, you, you know, you get yeah. an answer. Are you going to, uh, for example, somebody is asking for a quote and it's 8 p.m. Are you going to, uh, are you going to send that quote at 8 yep. p.m. or are you going to wait a day and send that quote at maybe, you know, 10 p.m. Uh, 10 a.m. Something like this, and it's uh, it's very like the um, you know it, it seems to be nothing, but doing it at uh, 8 p.m. like creating mm -hmm. urgency is making the uh, a whole difference. Yeah. So even if we we know that we can release that feature in two months in tech, we're going to try to do it in like one month. We're mm -hmm. always trying to add urgency, and I think it's uh, it's important because you know. I'm always thinking like at school when you need, when you needed to, uh, to send a project, when you have a deadline, you always did it on, on time. So why not, why not do, do the same yep. thing in, uh, in business? Like why? Yeah. Like when, when you need yeah, when it, when is the date, like, uh, let's just send it and, uh, <laughs> and that's it. But, uh, but yeah, I think that, um, yeah. you know, sometimes you can say, oh, you know, we are late. Let's just add two weeks to, to the thing or, 
yeah, he didn't answer. Maybe we'll answer in uh, in five days, something like this. So you can always, if you if yep. you don't add urgency to um, to building things, and this is something I'm I'm trying to uh, to understand. But if you don't add urgency uh, to the things you are building, it takes like forever. You you never you never go going out of it. Mm. Yeah, you never finish. You... Got it. Okay. Okay. So I, I won't create any rumors here. <laughs> this is the second last question. Uh, for the VCs on this podcast, okay, this is not anything. But so Salim, they offer you ten mil yeah. pre-tax. Uh, you still have to pay tax. Pre-tax uh, to exit, will you take? Uh, we, we wouldn't. Honestly, I, I'm <laughs> telling you honestly, we wouldn't because okay. uh, we have in like uh, we want okay. to do uh, like our goal. We are doing this business to to get to a hundred million in uh, annual revenue, so a billion in valuation. And yeah. uh, I would be even sad to sell for 500 million because I would think, you know, I'm, I'm close to my goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's good. Okay. Uh, so this is the last question. So ask everybody on the podcast is who is the CEO? That uh, yeah, I love, those, uh, I love those uh, last questions um, because I, I, I always don't know how to, to answer, but I want to, to give a, a good answer. So um <laughs> give a French guy, give a French guy. Uh, so a CEO. <laughs> Come on, pro promote France. Honestly, I yeah, don't yeah. have. A, oh, okay. I have. A, no, I'm I'm following a lot of uh, VCs, trying to understand the VC ecosystem. Actually, like uh, I'm super. Yeah. Um, I like uh, David Sachs because he's uh, you know he's a really great in SaaS. Yeah. Like he's the best, and um, I, I love uh, Jason Lemkins also. You know he's the founder of uh, Saster. And he's doing. He's giving like uh, pretty yeah. good, yeah, pretty good uh, advice. Coaching, and uh, yeah, I, I really look up to to these guys. But after you know, I have learned uh, a lot from my friends and from um, some people, just founders building companies. I I, I learned everything I know for from them. Yeah. So I mean, well, why those advices mm -hmm. are are great? You know, you, I I think for me, I, I just learned from uh, people I meet, and. Uh, and you know it's interesting because I'm sure you guys know about this, but uh, your personal life is uh, just the your, your your business is the f reflection of your personal life. So what you learn personally will always yeah. help you for uh, for your business. And uh, I, I'm shocked by how true this is. Like every everything that happens in your personal life has an impact in your business. So yeah, I'm just uh, you know just. Yeah. Uh, following a lot of people here and here, but I don't have, you know, a specific person that uh, I like to listen. When, I, when I'm following someone, someone, I'm just thinking like, uh, is it fun to, uh, to listen? And is it valuable advice for the thing that I'm trying to achieve? Yeah. Got it. Is there any underrated French guy that the world probably doesn't <laughs> know, but you know that, hey, this guy is like, <laughs> like this guy's a baller you know what i mean like you, you know those kind of like low-key beast that are like they don't talk much they are I not on linkedin if, but you I, know I like everybody that you, is you not on, I mean? on linkedin that is not yeah, on yeah. social and that, that that is building like uh, a big a big thing yeah it's i, I always company. have a, a lot of uh, yeah. respect for for these people because it's not about the social media like uh, building a real thing sometimes you don't have time for social media and the people that post on social media, it's their, you know, their business is based on uh, social. So I understand why they post it. But I also have a lot of respect for people that don't post on yep. uh, social media. 
but I'm, I'm very interested in, so, so more of a company, but uh, Ledger, I think is, uh, is an, yeah, it's like, you, you know, it's a company that, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's ordering the wallet for, uh, for crypto. And uh, it's oh, a French company okay. and we, we have yeah. a lot of French companies that are super underrated, I think, uh, because uh, it's in, you know, it's in mm. France and uh, all the hot things are in, uh, in the US. But uh, I think the dynamics are changing, like uh, a lot of uh, great companies now are global and not necessarily in the US. So uh, before in SaaS, for example, you just asked like, uh, okay, let's go to the US, let's build the company and uh, that's it. And the dynamic is really changing. So yep. yeah, more a company, I would say, you know, Ledger. Okay. Uh, okay. So please sell us something. That's sorry, sell the audience something. You've given a lot of value. So how should people buy your software? Yes. Yeah, so do we so uh, it's uh, markcopy.ai and uh, we have a seven days trial. So you can, uh, you know, you can try the product for free. And, uh, after just, yeah, give us some feedbacks, uh, on it. You can, uh, you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and, uh, and yeah, if you have some feedbacks on how we can improve the software, that would be super, super useful. We're always trying to, to hear the feedbacks and try to improve the product. So, so that we can be uh, number one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, markcopy.ai, markcopy.ai. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you guys.